Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Nitai Gaur Hari 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 Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale, Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Nitinamine, Namaste Sharashate Deve Gauravani Pracharine, Nirvishesh Shunnavadi Paschata Dishutarine, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Hare Krishna, so this is the last session of Brihad Bhagavatamrita. We almost cover everything although it was little difficult but it seems that I'll be basically able to cover the most of it and I heard from various devotees how much they liked it how much they benefited from it I 
feel happy because this is our responsibility as leaders of this movement our business is to inspire devotees in spiritual life make them understand by joining iskon what they're actually getting and what is the ultimate goal of life the real goal of life we actually understand when we come across the teachings of saintly personalities like Srila Prabhupada and personalities those who adorn our Sampradaya like Sanatana Goswami here through this writing he is giving us the understanding of the real purport of Srimad Bhagavatam Brihad Bhagavatam Bihad Bhagavatam Ritam on the first day I actually mentioned hmm, that Sanatana Goswami expanded Srimad Bhagavatam giving the real understanding of what Srimad Bhagavatam is presenting and in a similar way Srimad Bhagavatam has been summarized and the summary of Srimad Bhagavatam is Brahma Samhita so we can see the importance of Brahma Samhita Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who didn't want to carry anything with him he didn't want anybody to accompany him when he went out in the tour of South India while he was uh, touring South India and came across Brahma Samhita the personality who would not carry anything with him the personality who did not write anything besides the eight verses of Shikshashtakam that personality copied this Brahma Samhita and carried with him and he brought it to Jagannath Puri and presented it to the devotees why? because he considered that Brahma Samhita is the most important scripture and actually this Brahma Samhita is the summary of Srimad Bhagavatam what Srimad Bhagavatam is giving has been uh, presented in a concise form in the in this fifth chapter of Brahma Samhita so consider these books these scriptures to be very very important most important these two scriptures are essential for the devotees so Brahma Samhita I'm sure all of you are acquainted with and many of you uh, have uh, recited and read uh, so try to understand um, the essence of or the purport of or meanings of these verses of Brahma Samhita in a similar way uh, this morning also I asked how many of you want to have a copy of Brihad Bhagavatam written and many hands went up those who don't have they expressed the desire to have Brihad uh, Bhagavatam written and, and please read those scriptures of course Nittang Bhagavata Sevaya never neglect 
the study of Srimad Bhagavatam every day. Nittang Bhagavata Seva. Nittang means constantly, all the time. Not only every day. Not just Bhagavat Saptaha, but Nittang Bhagavata Seva. And that's what Prabhupada uh, started in ISKCON. Like every morning, studying of Srimad Bhagavatam, discussion on Srimad Bhagavatam in every temple. And uh, when you have the time, also read this Brihad Bhagavatam Ritam. So through this seminar, I simply try to give you an overview of Brihad Bhagavatam Ritam and generate some interest, some understanding, so that you feel inspired to study this very, very wonderful scripture. So, this morning we discussed how Gopkumar arrived in Dwarka and then in Dwarka Gopkumar was advised by Narad Muni to come to the earth planet in Brajabhumi, Vrindavan, in Mathura Mandal and perform Sankirtan in order to fulfill his desire to go to Golok. So according to the instruction of Narad Muni, Gop Kumar came back to the earth planet in the Brajabhumi, Vrindavan. And there he went to see many places of Krishna's pastimes. Actually this place was not new to him. He was a uh, resident of Vrindavan. He was, a he was a cowherd boy from Govardhan. But uh, after he met his spiritual master in Vrindavan, got the Gopal Mantra from him, and as a result of chanting the mantra, as he was making spiritual advancement, uh, he had been time and time again instructed to come back to Vrindavan. And each time he came, he became more qualified to go to the next region of the spiritual domain. And in this way, he saw Vrindavan uh, that although he spent so many millions of years, we can't even calculate it in terms of millions, not even in terms of trillions, in terms of zillions, I mean, innumerable amount of time has passed and the, the shape of this earth planet changed. Uh, but Vrindavan remained the same, Mathura Mandal remained the same. So this is an eternal abode, unchanging abode. And when he came to Vrindavan, he saw uh, that, and rather when he went to Vrindavan, Golok Vrindavan, then he saw that Golok is also exactly like this Vrindavan. Not of course with Vrindavan with Loi Bazaar and other, other things, like, but Vrindavan, the way Vrindavan actually is, the way Gop Kumar saw Vrindavan, that Golok is totally, absolutely similar to that, this Vrindavan. In that respect, Bhakti Vinod Thakur said 
that the Vrindavan that we see is actually with our mundane eyes the Vrindavan that we see is actually an outer covering a film that is covering real Vrindavan so real Vrindavan is not visible with our mundane eyes our mundane vision is being covered the real Vrindavan the way it is is absolutely like Golok Vrindavan so this way huh, Gopkumar went back to Vrindavan and he started to uh, sing the holy name of the Lord calling out to him by with all the love of his heart and that is Sankirtan calling out to the Supreme Personality of Godhead with all the love of his heart he sang his name uh, about the pastimes of the Lord loudly and sweetly so this is how he was spending his time in Vrindavan and his condition there was so unique he could not make out whether this condition was uh, being living in a flame of forest fire or uh, dwelling in supreme nectar it's a unique he couldn't make out whether it is acute pain or extreme delight like in a way it is a pain it's he couldn't make out whether it's joy or suffering whether it is pain or, or pleasure because in a way uh, he used to cry he used to feel that acute pain of being separated from Krishna but at the same time uh, there was this unique feeling that couldn't make him recognize whether it is really pain or something else whether his heart was submerged uh, in, a, in a forest fire burning in a forest fire or his heart is experiencing an inundation of nectar and sometimes he would feel that he has fallen in the hands of a great cheater like he has given his life to Krishna and see how Krishna is treating him Adarshanat Marmahatang Karotuva just as it has been described in the Shikshashtakam this is the way uh, the devotees feel uh, by not giving you my darshan you are just hurting me so intensely I have given my life to you hoping that that will be the ultimate perfection of my existence but see what you have done you have plunged me in an ocean of suffering but this suffering condition also uh, this will uh, come afterwards that this suffering condition by making one go through that suffering condition apparently suffering condition Krishna actually makes a devotee realize that this viraha, vipralambha, separation is actually the highest form of joy and that is actually the reason why Krishna doesn't go to Vrindavan because 
Krishna feels that if he went to Vrindavan, then they, the, the supreme joy that they are experiencing due to his separation uh, will be hindered. The supreme joy, uh, will they'll miss out on that. Because when Krishna will go there, their joy will turn into anxiety because their heart will always be thinking, oh, maybe Krishna will leave us, maybe Krishna will leave us. So that joy will be interrupted by this anxiety. Whereas in the separation, the joy, is, the joy of separation is uninterrupted. The thoughts of Krishna, remembrance of Krishna, being with Krishna is uninterrupted. And the most important thing that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, rather Rupa Goswami pointed out, and Jiva Goswami also confirmed it, that Krishna never leaves Vrindavan. Krishna never leaves Vrindavan. Krishna is always there. Uh, the residents of Vrindavan have a feeling that Krishna has left. It's like a dream. When they meet Krishna, they feel that they are dreaming. And, and when they are separated from Krishna, they think that that's the reality. So, so in this way, Gop Kumar was living in the grove. In Vrindavan, the same one, where he, where the, the Mathur Brahman found him, and <clears throat> so one day, uh, Gop Kumar fainted. Seeing the Lord was there, he actually fainted uh, due to the intense separation from the Lord, and then the Lord actually came to him and treated him, brought him back with his own hand, he caressed him, wiped out the tears from his eyes and brought him back to the senses. And Gopkumar, when he came back to his senses and opened his eyes, he saw Krishna. And he wanted to catch him, he wanted to embrace him. But Krishna just uh, slipped away. He went behind a bush and disappeared. So Gopkumar's condition was like a person, a poor man who received a lot of wealth and then all of a sudden he lost them all. He got it and then lost it. He, he was submerged in an ocean of sorrow and in that state he fainted. And his body rolled down to Jamuna. And and the swift current of Jamuna was uh, taking him away, and as if, and he felt as if he. Then, when he came back to his senses, he felt that he was being carried. Uh, in a uh, amaze, in an unconceivable way, mm. and he saw that he was transported to another place. He was moving uh, in a wonderful path, in a vehicle faster than the mind, and higher than one could imagine. So high that gradually, Vaikuntha uh, Loka, Ajodha, Dwaraka. Uh, disappeared from his vision and he arrived in the 
shining world of Golok, which he had long aspired to reach. Everything there appeared to be the same, as I mentioned, like Bhoma Vrindavan, the earthly Mathura Mandal. And there, he, in that land, he came to Mathura and he went to Bishram Ghat to take bath. And there, when he was, when after he took his bath, he got to know that how Kamsa is tormenting and the devotees and afflicting all kinds of persecutions to the Jodhus and everyone seemed to be very afraid of Kamsa and so he also became afraid out of fear of Kamsa he heard that Krishna's family the Jodhus have left and and he also became afraid and he quickly left Mathura and went to glorious Vrindavan. In that realm, which is the highest region of the spiritual world, where one from the lower region do not have any access, meaning even the residents of Vaikuntha do not have access to that region. Residents of Ayodhya do not have access to that region. And there he entered and he saw different people and he felt some kind of loving affection for them. These people were so wonderful. Just the sight attracted his heart towards them. And he he was feeling natural ecstasy in seeing them, but he composed himself and asked them, where is the house of Nanda Maharaj? Where can I find Krishna? And but although he was asking them again and again, please, please look with kindness upon this most wretched person. Please tell me, tell me who is the king of this region? Where is his residence? Which road leads to there? Oh, fortunate people, please be merciful upon me. I am asking with mournful cries, please give me some answer. Oh, faithful devotees, if even only by gesture you indicate me, I will be grateful to you. Now, please hear the words of this tormented soul. Alas, you must be under the spell of that clever cheat. But they didn't answer. Although he was asking them, as if they didn't hear. And in this way he would see some girls picking flowers. He would ask them. He didn't get any answer. He saw some old elderly gentlemen uh, sobbing profusely, incessantly chanting Krishna, Krishna. Uh, and he tried to make them also speak. And that person then told with a choked voice uh, that uh, this is the land of Nanda Maharaj who is the king of the cowherds 
Shri Krishna's father. And as soon as Gopkumar heard that, he just fainted, overcome with delight. After that, at that time, that old man revived him and then he saw hundreds of and led him to the gate of the city and there he saw hundreds of thousands and millions of all sorts of wonders unseen, unheard of, unimaginable by anyone of this world. So, he couldn't actually understand whether the people there were all enjoying the highest bliss or suffering the grip of terrible misery. Then he heard the gopis sing, coupled with their crying. But were, this, were the songs of the greatest content, contentment or of greatest sorrow he couldn't make out. Then an elderly lady came by. This elderly lady is Jogomaya, Purnamasi. She is the one who actually takes one to Krishna's pastimes. So anyone who goes to Vrindavan must receive the mercy of Purnamasi. Because she is the one who arranges Krishna's pastimes and engages the devotees in his service. So, <clears throat> seeing her, Gopkumar offered his obeisances and asked him, asked her, where is, where is Nanda Nandan playing today? Where is Krishna, please? And that lady told him, this morning, that giver of life of Brajabasis went into the dense forest to play with his cows and friends and his respected elder brother, Balaram. Later at dusk, he will return. And all the Brajabasis are actually waiting for his return. Their eyes are transfixed on that direction. So then, uh, Gopkumar noticed that he heard some sound. The sound of mooing of the cows, laughter of the boys, and the sound of the playing of the flutes. And then he saw that everyone was looking at that direction. Uh, and then he saw uh, Krishna coming. Uh, with all the cowherd boys and cows. Uh, and <clears throat> seeing that, uh, from a distance, uh, Krishna, uh, go, uh, seeing Krishna, Gopkumar ran to meet him. And seeing uh, Gopkumar, Krishna uh, addressed Sridhama, see, our friend has come back. <laughs> and Krishna also ran. And they embraced each other. And uh, 
then when huh, Krishna uh, was speaking to him my friend I'm so happy to see you and okay before that uh, Gopkumar actually fainted and then Krishna brought back brought him back to his senses and while Krishna was speaking to him then he also fainted he fainted and fell on the ground then some gopis came and said huh, everyone became shocked to see and some of them thought maybe uh, these gopis actually said this maybe this this person is an agent of Kamsa he has come to harm Krishna uh, and <clears throat> they started to cry this servant this uh, this must be the some servant of that great wizard Kamsa lamenting in this way the gopis cried out loudly in distress as they surrounded Krishna then from behind Krishna the cowherd boys came and seeing Krishna in that condition they also became uh, extremely worried then hearing their cry Nanda Maharaj and other other elderly Brajavasis they also ran out they came out of the house and ran there then the cows and bulls and the calves also came and surrounded Krishna the animals all they also started crying even the even the birds flying overhead also started to cry uh, and <clears throat> so this is way they all were drowned in an ocean of sorrow confused about what to do uh, severely tormented uh, and Gopkumar also didn't know what to do so he just put Krishna's feet on his head and then Balaram came and he also became afraid that did somebody harm Krishna in this way that he is lying in the ground unconscious did the feeling was did somebody kill Krishna then even Balaram fainted in sorrow but then he came back to his senses then he understood what is the cause of Krishna's fainting so he wiped out the tears from Krishna's face and dust the brushed the dust from his body and he told Gopkumar that chant the names of Krishna in his ears and lift him up from the ground and chant his call him out then Krishna opened his eyes and seeing him seeing Gopkumar he joyfully embraced and kissed him but then he looked around and he became embarrassed he asked me uh, then Krishna greeted all the people of Braja and, ent and entered the best of cowherd villages with the gait of an elephant. The forest, so when Krishna came uh, to, the, to the village of Vrindavan, Braja, uh, then the wild animals, they were following Krishna, they stood there because they couldn't come into the village. Say so they just stood there, just kept on looking at Krishna. 
and some of the animals just laid down there to spend the night so that they would greet Krishna again in the morning. This is how even the animals uh, were uh, feeling miserable uh, being separated from Krishna. They simply stood at the entrance of the village ready to spend the entire night in, with the hope of seeing their Lord again the next morning. And then Nanda Maharaj uh, took Krishna to house. Mother Jashoda came out and she was already there. She went inside uh, upon he hearing the cry. Mother Jashoda also came running with along with the other gopis and elderly gopis. And so ma now Mother Jashoda went inside brought some paraphernalia for Aratik and greeted Krishna by performing Arati to him uh, and caressed him with her own hair and affectionately embraced and kissed him and she couldn't make out uh, where, she, where she would keep Krishna whether she would keep, she would keep Krishna on her head at her breast or within her womb to protect him. This is the affection that Mother Jashoda felt for Krishna. <coughs> and Krishna then uh, took Gopkumar by his hand and took him with him inside the house. Then all the other cowherd boys stood there uh, looking at Krishna and uh, Krishna also stood there <laughs> He just waved them, waved at them. And the boys couldn't leave. Krishna also couldn't leave. They just stood there, transfixed, looking at each other. Krishna from the uh, balcony, from the entrance of the house. And they were outside. And Gokumar just saw how Krishna, and Krishna was just standing there. Then <coughs> Mother Jashoda took... Huh? Seeing, uh, 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 seeing uh, Krishna in that condition, uh, took him inside. Come Krishna, come inside. So then Krishna went. And seeing this Gopkumar, uh, she, Mother Jashoda also was so happy that she showered, caressed him and uh, as if he was her own son. At that time, all the gopis arrived there and uh, Mother Jashoda was, was uh, preparing to bathe Krishna and Krishna was thinking that, if, that he, he wanted to be with the gopis but if Mother Jashoda was there, so he could not Mother Jashoda and Mother Rohini was there, so he could not deal with the gopis properly. Uh, so he told, uh, Mother, I'm feeling very hungry. Please make, so quickly make some uh, food for me. And Mother Jashoda then told the gopis, Okay, you all bathe uh, Nanda Dulal, and I'm going with Rohini to prepare for Krishna's dinner. And <coughs> then... Uh, uh, 
And uh, then Gopi, the gopis then quickly took up that position to bathe Krishna and Balaram. So they quickly bathed Balaram and sent him off uh, to bring Nanda Maharaj back to, for dinner. And <clears throat> then gopis divided up uh, in different services among themselves. They removed Krishna's various ornaments one by one and wiped his limbs with their own garments. Then they asked for his flute. So Krishna recognized that the gopis considered the fruit to be their enemy. So he was not uh, comfortable giving the flute to them. So he just threw the flute to, and Gop Kumar caught it. <laughs> so he gave it, he kept the flute in the safe custody of Gop Kumar. <laughs> and so then <clears throat> the gopis smeared Krishna's body with oils and in this way they massaged Krishna's body uh, and when they were smearing Krishna's body with oil and rubbing the oil in his body uh, Krishna in a playful naughtiness he suddenly drew his breath uh, making a sound of pain <laughs> and hearing the sound Mother Jashoda came out running from inside what happened what happened and they, she chastised the gopis treat him carefully don't hurt him what are you doing <laughs> so this is how uh, Krishna <coughs> had his naughty uh, exchange with the gopis and <coughs> and when then mother Jashoda saw that Krishna was smiling then she felt relieved and went into the house, inside the house and then the gopis bathed Krishna uh, with warm clear fragrant water carried from Jamuna in jewel studded vessels uh, and clay pots <coughs> they dressed him like an actor and decorated him the way he liked with clothes jewelry wonderful garlands and perfume perfume pests all brought from their homes they decorated his throat his forehead his cheeks and so on with wonderful designs made with first-class pastes of sandal saffron and musk <clears throat> and while they were decorating Krishna Krishna lovingly gazed at the gopis they tried hard to keep their hands steady while they were decorating Krishna they were uh, with being with Krishna and seeing that Krishna was looking at them their hearts their hands started to shake uh, and uh, they found it difficult to uh, do the design properly and Krishna in his uh, playful way was, was speaking to them about what happened in the forest today and he was joking with them in a charming way and he inspired in this way their loving relationship <coughs> and so while they were decorating Krishna and due to in the midst of all these loving exchanges the decoration not, never got quite finished. So Gopa, the, the gopis had to keep erasing 
uh, the decoration and redo it because they felt that this was not uh, proper. And <coughs> Mother Jashoda came out with a heart, but with a heart perturbed with affection. Uh, and uh, few times she came out seeing uh, where the Krishna got ready. And then Mother Jashoda told, "What are you doing, you cowherd girls?" You are just unreliable children. Haven't you finished bathing and decorating him? Yet, it's take, why is it taking so long? And in this way, Gop Kumar saw the loving exchange between Krishna and the gopis and Mother Jashoda. And prior to that, he saw, he experienced the loving exchange that Krishna had with the cowherd boys. And prior to that, he saw the loving exchange that Krishna had with the forest animals and birds. So then when the gopis saw <coughs> that uh, Nanda Maharaj has arrived uh, with Balaram and <coughs> after taking his bath, uh, so they uh, quickly uh, left that place and Krishna came forward. Nanda Maharaj sat down on his golden seat in the di on the dining hall and began to have his meals. And Mother Jashoda's darling child sat on his left, Nanda Maharaj's left, and the son of Rohini, Balaram, sat on the right. And they put a seat for Gop Kumar in front. And from inside the house, Mother Rohini sent uh, the meal, the prasadam, that were actually fit for an emperor. And in many arranged in many jewel jewel studded vessels of gold and silver. And Mother Jashoda served them. <coughs> and <coughs> uh, Krishna was eating them, uh, relishing them. Uh, and sometimes uh, Krishna's father and mother and brother took turns to carefully put the food in Krishna's mouth, uh, morsels of food in Krishna's mouth, and Krishna playfully accepted. And they were also feeding Krishna. Uh, and <clears throat> then uh, different gopis also brought different food stuff from their house, and uh, they uh, started to they serve that also. And Krishna took them and he appreciated, oh, this preparation is so nice, so tasty. And then <coughs> Radharani put some food that she brought and it was kept there. So Krishna took a pinch from that and put it in his mouth and he twisted his mouth in such a way as if he tasted something bitter as, as 
juice of neem leaves and <clears throat> so and then he looked towards radharani and radharani and krishna made that gesture and radharani uh, looked at him with her uh, eyes expressing uh, surprise and uh, some kind of uh, amazing feeling like what's the matter why are you behaving like that that was the way she looked at krishna and did i is it so bad mother jashoda even looked at radharani as if telling radharani what happened what did you cook today that uh, our son uh, nandadulal is uh, feeling that way from the, about the taste and then krishna gave that to gopkumar uh, said you take it you eat it and when gopkumar tasted that he felt that this is the most relishable thing that he ever tasted and he couldn't understand why krishna reacted like that and then from the loving exchange of glances that krishna had with radha krishna and radharani had between them gopkumar realized that it was krishna's playful prank with radharani and <clears throat> it's been described here krishna picked up a uh, few of the sweets with the nails of his thumb just a pinch thumb and for his with the thumb and his forefinger and put them on his on the tip of his tongue he then made a face as if they tasted like bitter neem Krishna's brother smiled his mother was angry at Sri Radhika Sri Radhika and his father was surprised rather innocent girlfriends were pained and her antagonists were delighted rather than he also has her competitors and when they saw that they were happy that oh today Krishna didn't appreciate rather than his uh, preparations <coughs> Radha secretly looked at Krishna and arched her eyebrows and Krishna nodding his head gratified her with a gentle smile and sidelong glance suddenly gopkumar understood that this was a pastime by the crest jewel of skillful actors uh, to thoroughly please the devotees tormented tormented by the weight of their love for him <clears throat> so in this way krishna had his uh, dinner and uh, he took gopkumar also to take part in that dinner uh, and then hmm, balaram went to sleep and krishna singing songs wandered about the village courtyard eager to enjoy with the beautiful girls of braja Krishna played for a short time outside then out of respect for his mother he responded to her distant call mother jashoda is telling krishna come home come back take rest go to bed so he went straight to his bedroom and lay down comfortably on his bed and <clears throat> then uh then shridama took gop kumar to his house 
Shridam, Gopkumar actually belonged to Sridama's group. In the spiritual world, there are different group leaders. Uh, the, group, the, the cowherd boys has group. The, the real leader of the, the topmost leader is Balaram. And then there are 12 uh, Dadas Gopal, 12 Gopals. And they have their groups and subgroups. And this is how uh, there are different groups. So Gopkumar actually belonged to Sridama's group rather than his brother's group. So Sridama took Gopkumar to his house. <coughs> and Gopkumar spent the night there at great distress, distress being separated. And early next morning, he went to the house of Nanda Maharaj and saw that Krishna was asleep on, in bed. His body showing signs of conjugal enjoyment. Krishna at night went and met with the gopis. And seeing those signs like scratches of nail uh, and signs uh, like uh, uh, mud from Jamuna and uh, the uh, other signs. So when Mother Jashoda came in the morning and saw in Krishna that way, then she started to lament that look, all day my little boy tended the cows in the forest, fatigued, and now still he did not wake up. And when, while he was running in the forest, the thorns made cut all over his body. Oh, how painful this must be for him. But now fast asleep, he is not aware of anything. And he has smeared the kajal from his eyes all over his body. He doesn't even know that he has spilled red pan juice from his lips all over himself. And that by turning over and over in the bed, he has broken his necklace and garlands and other ornaments. My goodness, this saffron-colored clay from the shore of Jamuna, it seems that even, his even in his bath he could wash it off. It, was, it has become like an inseparable friend to his body, clinging to his body. Yesterday evening those fickle gopis didn't bathe him with proper attention. They did nicely apply the oil and wipe off what was left. In this way, Mother Jashoda spoke right in front of the young girls of Brojo, who had just arrived and who now had signs of fear, laughter and embarrassment playfully shining on their faces. Krishna then finished his pastimes of sleep and his mother bathed him, adorned him with ornaments and fed both him and Balaram. And then before when Sri Krishna was ready to leave uh, with the cowherd boys to tame the cows, Mother Jashoda asked the Brahmana, Brahmanis, the elderly Brahmana ladies and other ladies uh, to offer blessings to Krishna. Uh, and she made Krishna do all prescribed rituals to prepare for his outing.
And at that time, all the cowherd boys came from the village, from their house, different houses, and gathered there. And Krishna with, his, with Balaram stood there, playing in hands, joyfully sang, danced, and glorified them. Krishna's elder brother walked in front, and I walked behind. And the girls, unable to tolerate being separated from Krishna, found excuses to follow and came out from the village, helplessly pulled by ropes of love. Mother Jashoda saw Krishna perspiring from a mood of ecstasy and came to wife his face and went with him as far as the outer gates of the village. Her breasts wet with milk. At his request, at Krishna's request, Mother Jashoda turned back towards the house. But she took a few steps, then she stopped. She couldn't go any, any, any further and went back to Krishna again. So this is how ha it happened a few times. Uh, Krishna would tell Mother, Mother, now you have come enough, far enough, now you go home. So Mother Jashoda would go back and after taking a few steps she would stop. And then she would look at Krishna and come running. So this is how uh, she went, it went on for a few times. And, but then she again returned and plaintively gave him some instructions. And re-instruction to Balaram also. Balaram and other, other cowherd boys. Balaram, you protect Krishna. Uh, where he is, when he is in the forest, so many dangers are actually afflicting us. Uh, so I am depending upon you and because no elderly person is there so you are his elder brother you are the most senior most uh, so you take care of him uh, and uh, she would advise Krishna instruct Krishna my child don't go too far in the forest uh, into the impenetrable wood and never enter deep into the forest where there are thorns My dear Balaram, you stay in front of your younger brother and you Shridama stay behind your friend Krishna with Saru. And Amsu should stay on Krishna's right and Subala on his left. And then she looked intently at her son. In this way Mother Jashoda anxiously going back and forth again and again showed more love than a cow who has just given birth to a calf. Her son then bowed down to her, at, to her, took hold of her feet and embraced her and with various rationales and finally with words of insistence of his own, with great effort he made her turn back. And she, uh, Mother Jashoda, crying, milk dripping from her breast, stood right there motionless like a painted picture and distantly watched from that high place near the forest. But the lovely gopis, the beautiful young gopis kept on following Krishna. Their throats choked with weeping. They could no longer sing nor see through their streams of tears. And their feet stumbled in their shyness and fear. They had nothing they could do or say. Drowning in a great ocean of sorrow they had no way 
to hold back their feelings. Krishna had stolen the hearts and eyes of those young girls. The girls had come so far from the cowherd village and now with some endeavor he stopped them and as they looked at him he repeatedly tried to send them home. Nanda Maharaj, king of cowherds, naturally loved Krishna ever so much but upon seeing his wife's loving concern he was enslaved by overwhelming affection. Though Nanda Maharaj had gone with Krishna at a great to a great distance and the elder cowherds with him, when Nanda saw the great burden of love, all the, of love of all the people of Braja bore for his son, he was unable to turn back. And Nanda Maharaj was delighted to see many auspicious omens and see the animals and other, other creatures all very happy yet he was distraught at having to be parted from his son Krishna. Again and again he embraced Krishna and Krishna's elder brother, both separately and together. He smelled their heads and shed tears in the pain of great love for them. Then Krishna bowed down to Nanda Maharaj, reminded him of the many duties that Nanda Maharaj had to perform and sent him home. Turned back, Nanda stood motionless, looked at Krishna and nothing else. So, <clears throat> so in this way, uh, Krishna left for the, pes the pestering ground to tend the cows and play with his friends. And this is how all the residents of Vrindavan reacted. And this shows their love for this, the dear, dear most object of their heart. Krishna fell heavy at the heart from sending the gopis back. But his friends quickly pulled him forward and made him enter the beautiful Vrindavan forest. As his companions pointed out the splendors of Vrindavan and as he described them himself, and supported his praise with logic, he was more or less freed of distress. <clears throat> In this way, Gopkumar experienced how the happiness of the residents of Golok far exceeds any other. In transcend, it transcends reason so how can it give room for words? Only those who live in Golok and always perceive that happiness know its true nature because the Lord has such friendly feelings towards them. So I'll just skip some now. And one day, uh, so this is how Krishna would spend his time with the cowherd boys. Uh, so Gopkumar, since he is uh, a boyfriend of Krishna, Gop, uh, 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 Gop Balak, his time with Krishna was mostly during the day.
So there is the descriptions of Krishna's uh, daily pastimes. And one day, while playing on the shore of Jamuna, uh, Krishna heard that Kaliya had come back to his lake. Krishna rushed there alone, swiftly climbed up a nipper tree and dived into the lake, splashing water onto the shore. Krishna frolicked in, frolicked in the water, enjoying the sport of swimming back and forth and making all sorts of loud noises. But then he drew near the cruel Kaliya and out of curiosity allows himself to be enveloped by the serpent's coil. He allowed Kaliya to, uh, to envelop him in, his coil, in its coil. When Krishna's companions, the cowherd boys, saw <coughs> that for no good reason Krishna has disappeared, Krishna was gone, they all became uh, very worried as if struck down by death. In great anxiety to find him, they followed his footprints to the lake. So, when they came to the lake, they saw Krishna in that condition. And, uh, the, and seeing them, seeing in that condition, many of them fainted, many of them started to cry and even the animals also, forest animals also came and saw Krishna's condition, the cows, the bulls and calves and all the animals of the forest stood on the shore, eyes fixed on Krishna's face and their cries made a great roar of suffering. Birds exhausted from lying, loudly crying, flew over the lake and they fell into the lake. Trees and plants suddenly dried up and many terrible inauspicious omens appeared. Inspired by Lord Krishna's from within, one, uh, one old man uh, being inspired seeing that condition of Krishna ran into the village and crying he just announced what, what happened. The people of the cowherd village had already saw some frightening inauspicious signs and uh, so they, uh, in frantic concern, they uh, started out to seek him. They ran to meet Krishna. Balaram, who was sitting in his house, tried to console the people of Braja, who were running forward like living corpses. Balaram just cried out, cried, this cannot be, this cannot be true. <coughs> But he also came to the lake and seeing Krishna's condition in that state, he also couldn't keep his gravity and wept in the distress of love. And as Balaram lamented, it sound, uh, and he fainted just like Jashoda and Nanda Maharaj. Now, uh, hearing that sound, 
Now Balaram actually came back to his senses again. And the most and moment later Krishna's parent again became conscious, seeing their son in such plight, they cried loudly and rushed to enter the lake. But powerful Balaram held them back with the strength of his arms. Baladev said, These are not the attendants who live with you in Vaikuntha. They are not the forest monkeys. They are not the Jadavas. These are your devoted Golok, Balaram told to Krishna, who have no life other than you. They are dying, my Lord, and there is nothing I can do to save them. Balaram appealed to Krishna, that, My dear Lord, these residents of Vrindavan, residents of Golok, are very special. You are their life and soul. So seeing you in this condition, they all are dying. So please keep them alive. I cannot keep them alive. O merciful Krishna, please give me this game. Please give up this game before these devotees die. Otherwise, O Krishna, the sole friend of the cowherds, your gentle heart will come to grief. Then, Krishna stopped his self-invented sport and freed himself from the grip of the Kaliya's coil. He climbed up on Kaliya's thousands of upraised, outspread hoods and extended his lotus arms and <clears throat> the gopis who also fainted seeing in that condition they came back to their came back to their consciousness regained their consciousness so krishna stretched their arms hand towards them and krishna pulled them also on top of kaliya's head and there with the gopis krishna danced Krishna briskly raised them onto the hoods of the snake. Those hoods, delightfully swaying back and forth, appeared like rows of jeweled platforms, creating a most impressive sight. Krishna artfully danced with the gopis on those most amazing stages, accompanied by many celestial singers and musicians. Thus Lord Krishna, the source of all amusement, enjoyed his rasa dance pastimes on Kaliya's head. Nanda and the others on the shore, brought back to consciousness by Balaram, gazed at Krishna with delight and surprise. Having thus subduing the king of snakes, Krishna grinning seized the shawls of the serpent's wives. So, when Krishna was punishing uh, Kaliya, apparently, uh, it is here, it's just playing, then Kaliya's wives came and started to offer prayers. So Krishna took the upper uh, uh, shawls uh, of those uh, Nagapatnis, Kaliya's wives, uh, who, were offering them, who were offering him prayers. And from those garments, Krishna made a long rain and with his left hand, playfully pierced the, the threaded Kaliya's nose. Mourning the serpent like a, mounting the serpent like a horse, Krishna toughly drove him forward all the while with his right hand happily playing the flute. He was holding on to Kaliya's uh, 
hair, mouths as with the shawls of the Nagapatnis, he made the rain and with the right hand he was playing the flute. And then sometimes he would swing his, uh, his flute overhead as if like a whip to uh, encourage Kaliya to drive. So in this way, Krishna showered his mercy upon Kaliya by, by making serpent his carrier. Then, <clears throat> together with the troops of young cowherd girls, most amazing Krishna dismounted Kaliya. The serpent was filled with happiness for he had obtained great favors and benediction difficult for even Garura to achieve. Once the two great demons, Keshi and Arishta, came to Vraja. They were favorite servants of wicked Kamsa, visible manifestations of his life here. <clears throat> they assume the form of a huge horse and other a bull. Keshi took the form of a huge gigantic horse and Arishta took the form of a bull. They terrified the cowherds trampling the land of Gokul. Though Krishna frightened, Krishna's frightened loved ones tried to stop Krishna, though Krishna's frightened loved ones tried to stop Krishna pulling him back with all their might, Krishna reassured them, showing the courage of a hero. So Krishna proceeded towards to deal with those two demons, Keshi and Arishta. Keshi running very fast appeared before Krishna and Krishna with a kick tossed him far away. Krishna next found Arishta, the bull, pierced a hole in his nose, tied him up and brought him before Lord Shiva, Gopishar and <laughs> offered, Kish, offered Arishta to Lord Shiva to become his bull. Then Keshi, the horse, returned, regaining consciousness. But powerful Krishna, whose valor never, felt, never faltered, jumped up and forcibly mounted on Keshi, uh, training him to move here and there. Uh, Krishna splendidly displayed his own prowess by taming Keshi completely. Uh, Krishna actually tamed this terrible Keshi in this way. Then, uh, Krishna had thousands of his friends, uh, so Krishna brought them all onto Keshi's back and they went on a for a joyride, horse ride. Uh, having brought the horse under his control in no time, Krishna tied him up with ropes and kept him within the cowherd village for the entertainment of riding <laughs> and for pulling carts. He also kept the bull. One day while Krishna was living in the town of Nandishwar, Akrura came on Kamsa's order to take Krishna from Brajo to Mathura.
The night, at night, the residents of Gokul heard the news that Akrura has arrived. They all lamented profusely in various ways. They cried and fainted again and again. Jashoda was terrified of wicked Kamsa, hiding, hiding herself and hiding Krishna by keeping him covered with her cloth. She uttered special vow for his protection. When Mother Jashoda heard that Akrura came to take Krishna, Mother Jashoda took Krishna and covered him up with, uh, with and she uh, took Krishna and she was hiding and covered Krishna also uh, in a hiding. When Nanda Maharaj woke up in the morning, Akrura explained things and presented numerous arguments to convince him. Nanda in turn convinced his sobbing wife and then brought Krishna outside. <clears throat> the gopis watched helplessly as if Nanda were depriving them of their life heirs and without shame cried out in agonized voice. Alas, alas. When Jashoda came outside, miserably wiping tears and torrents of tears came from her eyes. She took her son's hand and placed it in the hand of Akrura, the son of Safalka, as if giving Krishna to him for safekeeping. She then told Nanda, I place in your hand, I place in your hands this son, more dear to me than life and wealth. Don't trust anyone, just bring him back to my side and return him to my hand. So in this way, uh, Akrura came to take Krishna and it was again reacted, re-enacted uh, how that pastimes took place before. So everyone was crying uh, except Akrura, Nanda and Balaram and the cowherds and even beloved Krishna who had mounted Akrura's chariot all the residents of Braja was bewildered. And after a moment, Krishna, the life and soul of the young gopis, came to his senses. He saw the gopis apparently on the verge of death. And he got down from the chariot and he disappeared. <laughs> he ran into the forest surrounded by the gopis, uh, unseen by others, he went to the forest grove. When Akrura saw that Krishna is missing, so he started to look for Krishna. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, with clever words, then he tried to win the confidence of Balaram. He told, he appealed to Balaram, that Balaram, actually Krishna needs to go to Mathura. Because his mother and father are suffering so much being persecuted by Kamsa. So for theirs, Krishna has to go for their sake. So please make arrangement that we can take Krishna 
to Mathura. So then Balaram, being convinced by Akrura in this way, went with Akrura and, uh, uh, and Vasudev uh, to the forest. Following certain signs, he was able to locate the grove. Finding Krishna surrounded by gopis, Balaram stood at a distance. But Akrura, in a tearful voice, spoke out so that Krishna would hear those words. So Akrura said, Evil Kamsa is unceasingly harassing your old parents. Swords held high, he is ready to kill them. Surely you should not neglect them, your devotees, so burdened by fear, by sorrow, by pain. The Jadavas had no shelter but you, all in great distress, their eyes fixed upon the path for my return. They're burning in a fire of lamentation. They all live in terror of Kamsa, and so also do the demigods, Brahmanas, and other exalted persons. Don't deprive them of hope. Kamsa, the subduer of demigods, always brags about the strength of his own arms. He has no regard for anyone. He is constantly worshipped by demons like himself, some important, some very powerful, and by the rules of men, by the rulers of men. In this way, Akrura spoke, and taking a blade of grass on his mouth, between his teeth, and cried plaintively again and again. Then that person named Uncruel, Akrura means Krura means cruel. Akrura means not cruel. Uh, who had most brutal duty to perform. Uh, the, the one whose name was uncruel had the most cruel responsibility to execute. Uh, offered his obeisances to all the women of Braja one by one. And Akrura said, don't be death for the descendants of the Jodhu dynasty and for all the people of the world please have mercy on them dear goddesses Krishna's wretched parents are imprisoned by Kamsa please help rescue them and then the gopis said you great cheat you speaker of falsehood you follower of Kamsa how can those you speak of, uh, of Krishna's parents? These two boys are the sons of Nanda and Jashoda. Don't murder Gokul. Do not become a killer of women. <laughs> so the gopis didn't accept or didn't, they didn't accept that Krishna is the son of Devaki and Vasudev. To them, Krishna is the son of Nanda Maharaj and Jashoda. So when Akrura said, that Kamsa is about to kill Krishna's parents, they couldn't accept that. He said, what are you talking? You're a cheat. You are a liar. <laughs> you are talking about Krishna's parents being imprisoned. Uh, as if Krishna's parents are somewhere else. Krishna's parents are here, Nanda and Jashoda. <laughs> so in this way, 
but then uh, when Krishna heard the wicked Kamsa's deeds when he heard the misery he himself has caused his own relatives and when he saw that Balaram agreed with Akrura he apologized to the gopis and showing anger and sadness he left the grove Akrura was overjoyed with Balaram's permission he quickly left the grove and ran to bring the chariot when the gopis understood that Krishna was about to leave for the city they fixed their eyes on his lotus face in dread of imminent fire of separation they cried and spoke to Krishna falling at his lotus feet they said oh master we cannot live even a moment without you we have no other shelter do not abandon us your maidservants O Lord take us with you wherever you go for the sake of you the forests have become our homes and our homes have become forest our enemies became our friends and our friends became our enemies poison sweet nectar and nectar poison without you we will die how could we not die a slow death if we could no longer see you anywhere your beautiful smiling face your all attractive lotus feet and your chest adorned by all splendor when you go off to Vrindavan forest with your friends eager to enjoy your cowherd pastimes we manage to pass our day only with difficulty by holding on to the hope that in the evening will, you will certainly return but if you go so far away on the order of the wicked Kamsa to the city and the company of his friends how shall we be able to live thinking of the pain you will suffer away from home and what might happen to you will be distraught with all sorts of worries we cannot imagine how much trouble you will have to endure to kill Kamsa and his followers nor how long it will take to wipe out the misery of the people of Mathura nor can we be sure he will remember us in this way the gopis uttered their pitiful lamentation which made all who were present cry till the minds were lost <clears throat> then Krishna said my enemy Kamsa is certainly weak with no effort I shall dispose of him consider me practically return to you already my dear friends please don't create misfortune by crying saying that uh, then Krishna uh, mounted on the chariot and Akrura uh, drove the chariot so fast uh, avoiding all the people as if uh, they couldn't even see him he drove so fast in this way Akrura took Krishna to Mathura the women of Braja couldn't even slightly bear being separated from Krishna 
as they watched him depart, they cried, alas, alas. Their faces dried up, their steps faltered, and they sobbed pitifully in great anguish. With long drawn out cries, their voice their voices choking in their throats, they ran behind the chariot, their laments filling all directions. Some of them held on to the chariot, others full forcefully fell beneath its wheels with wheels, some fainted and still others couldn't even go forward. The cows, bulls, calves, deer, all the animals stood around the chariot bellowing, their faces drenched with tears. Birds flew here and there above Krishna, making a great commotion, and suddenly the leaves of the plants dried up. Stones and mighty trees fell from the tall mountains. The river shrunk and flowed upstream, leaving their creatures high and dry. So <clears throat> then Akrura fearing that Krishna might jump down from the chariot and go off again huh, supported the Lord from behind as if affectionately concerned that the Lord might faint and fall down. So Akrura from behind was holding on to Krishna so that Krishna cannot run away again. <laughs> Noticing that Krishna was indeed about to faint Akrura took permission from Balaram, Nanda and others, cracked his whip and vigorously made the chariot horses set out. He quickly drove the chariot away, swerving to avoid the animals and the cowherd women who had fallen here and there. As the gopis looked on, crying woefully like Karuri birds, Akrura drove off with Krishna like an eagle carrying a piece of flesh. He drove the horses so swiftly that no one could tell where he went. All the cowherd men headed by Nanda mounted their own carts, yoked to large bulls and quickly followed Akrura. Akrura brought Krishna to Lord Balaram, Lord Brahma, Akrura brought Krishna to Lord, Barama, ba, Lord Brahma's lake, offered him many kinds of prayers and consoled him with continuous flow of logical arguments in this way restoring him to an almost normal state. So this is how Gop Kumar whose spiritual name actually was Sarup, his voice full of grief loudly wept. I mean while he was describing uh, these activities of Krishna and Golok, he started to cry. And overwhelmed by ecstasy and pure love, he fainted. Coming back to his senses, Sarup said, Krishna went to Madhu, Madhu, Madhupuri, where he pleased all his residents. He killed Kamsa and his followers and delivers his, delivered his own parents. He installed Ugrasen, Kamsa's father, as king, brought the Jadavas back from all directions and consoled the people of the city. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> the Jadus who had no goal of life but Krishna 
has suffered greatly and were terrified by Kamsa's uh, out of concern for those Jodhus, Krishna, always compassionate to his devotees, stayed with them with his elder brother Balaram. And to comfort his devotees in Gokul, he sent back Nanda Maharaj and other cowherd men. Krishna told Nanda Maharaj, Father, first you should quickly go home with the cowherds before any Gokula, any of Gokula's residents die in our absence. I will soon arrange for the happiness of those well-wishers of yours in Mathura whose hearts are so distressed. Then I'll come back to Braja. Nanda Maharaj told, before I came here, I declared, I assured the Brajabhasis that I could never believe that you are someone else's son, nor ever believe that you could abandon such friends as them and live elsewhere. Therefore, please save us, save us. Don't ever, ever, for any reason, send us away from you. Wherever you might go, by your sweet will, there you please allow us to go with you. The Brajavasis and your mother still live, uh, uh, till live <coughs> and breathe only because I gave them hope. If I were to turn so hard-hearted as to go back without you, uh, surely they would die on the spot. Shidama told Krishna, when you display your glories by gazing the grazing the cows in the pasture, dear Lord, you are hidden behind trees or creepers. For but a moment we cannot bear to live. How then can we possibly stay without you for a long time? As the Lord heard those complaints from his devotees, he stood in silence. Then Vasudev, the son of Surasena, spoke up, afraid that the Lord might decide to go back to Braja. Vasudev said, Brother Nanda, surely your son and his elder brother can be happy in all respects only by living there in Braja. They will suffer nothing but distress anywhere else. But now is the time for them to be initiated. They should go as brahmacharis to another place to study and afterwards they can return to Braja. When Nanda saw that Krishna disagreed with his words and agreed with the words of Vasudev, Nanda departed crying in distress. <laughs> so, Obeying Krishna's order, the Nanda Maharaj and cowherd men went back to Braja. And when the Brajabhasis heard that he had arrived, they all came out to, to greet him full of joy. Nanda, however overcome with sorrow of shame, covered his face with his cloth and went home. There he lay on ground and cried, supremely miserable. The Brajavasis, not seeing their Lord, were besides themselves with distress, 
confused about what to do and sick with foreboding and apprehension. Actually, when Nanda Maharaj, they, they got the news that Nanda Maharaj came back, uh, the Brajabhasis thought that Krishna also came back. So they ran to meet, but they saw that Krishna, Nanda Maharaj came back without Krishna and Balaram. And Nanda Maharaj felt so embarrassed that he gave them the words that he will bring Krishna back, but he had to come back leaving Krishna behind. So he, in utter embarrassment and uh, agony, he covered his head, covered and quickly went to his house and he fell on the ground and started to cry. Mother Jashoda cried and <clears throat> the most ex and <clears throat> at that time the the Sarup, while narrating that, two, do you remember now? Uh, who is telling this story or anecdote? Uh, that Gopkumar to that Brahmana. And while he was narrating this incidents to Brahmana, Gopkumar fainted. Then that Brahmana, with great difficulty, uh, brought Sarup to his normal condition and Gopkumar fearful of becoming confused again spoke no further details on that topic so Gopkumar didn't say anything he just uh, but, the, but when kind-hearted Sarup saw that the Mathura Brahman was eager to hear the rest of the story he controlled his mind and continued to speak he told Krishna heard from a reliable person that the heavy sorrow of Brajabhasis felt could never be removed by any other means. He fully explained this state of affairs to the people of Mathura and controlled by the love of his dearest devotees, he soon went back to Braja. So Krishna went back to Vrindavan. Impelled by compassion. So this is how in Golok also these pastimes would take place. Uh, although there it is not real but by Krishna's inconceivable potency by the inconceivable potency the residents of Golok would be uh, affected in such a way uh, as if this, the, this is the way this is happening in real life impelled by the compassion for the residents of Braja Krishna, the crest jewel of artful heroes, quickly gave them back their lives. He enjoyed with them until they forgot their misery and what has caused it. So this is the meaning of Krishna consciousness. See, their consciousness, the consciousness of the residents of Vrindavan, consciousness of the pure devotees, are completely in tune with Krishna's. They don't have anything, any consciousness of their own. It is Krishna's consciousness that they're tuned into. And accordingly, uh, whatever Krishna does, they become a part of it. Whereas in the material nature, 
we have our own consciousness, we have our own desire, we have our own ability to act according to that desire. But in the spiritual world, it's not like that. In the spiritual world, everyone, everyone's consciousness is tuned into Krishna's consciousness. Therefore, Rupa Goswami said, always remember Krishna and never forget him. That is the meaning of Krishna consciousness. Always be in tune with Krishna's consciousness. No more independent, individual consciousness. It is all uh, Krishna's consciousness that prevails. And this is how uh, the residents of Vrindavan sometimes, sometimes meet with Krishna and sometimes